You're listening to The Way Here. In the shadow of the Cascade Mountains sits a renovated ranger station and lookout tower. What was once designed to keep watch over the mountain range now serves a different purpose, to guide the way here to planet Earth. The Gazelle, as it is now called, is an experiment in galactic hospitality. Illuminating the night sky is an 80-foot-tall beacon, a lighthouse to the stars. Inside, a public radio station broadcasting music as a means of drawing life to Earth as well as taking phone calls of reported UFO sightings, alien encounters, and various supernatural and astronomical theories. Former Boeing engineer Michael Jones describes the architecture behind the gazelle. Well, if you've ever seen the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, it's kind of like that, but without all the proper equipment. We've got the beacon out front, which is pulsating a message in all colors across the spectrum, from ultraviolet to infrared. And beneath that, we have a landing strip for whoever decides to show up. You said the lights were pulsating a message in Morse code? Correct. And that message is? Welcome. Welcome. A message that has been blinking into the stars for nearly 50 years. George Broughton, a salesman for Carnation Milk, bought the Ranger Station in 1965 and started work on the radio tower in Beacon. The station and the radio program have since been occupied by nine different caretakers. Kurt Evans, a musician from Olympia, took over the station in 2003 with his then-wife, Colleen. Although people have come and gone, one thing at the Gazelle has stayed the same. It's about the music. This is Kurt. George thought that music was the truest form of human expression and would be our best shot at communicating with extraterrestrials. Although life removed from the outside world doesn't come without its challenges. Sometimes I feel like a a father waiting for his daughter to come home from a date. Porch lights on and I'm sitting in my chair with a little reading lamp and slowly nodding off. Only it's been 12 years and she still hasn't come home. As you can imagine, keeping a light on for 50 years doesn't come cheap. And now, the money has finally run out. Over the last week, we've been receiving your donations and we appreciate your support. Tonight, at 7pm, join us for the final show of our pledge drive and help us save the gazelle. This evening, we will be featuring a number of special guests from the gazelle's history, and we'll also be sharing with you a startling recording from our hike out to Dirty Face Peak, perhaps shedding some light on the search for life. I'm Dylan Reed. Stay with us. I can't believe the pledge drive is working. Yeah, how much money have we raised so far? $28,700. Okay, and what's our goal? 250000 What? There's no way. Look, radio isn't cheap, Mike. KUOW's budget is over a million, and KEXP is three million. Oh my god, we're screwed. Look, don't don't worry. I, I got it all under control. You think that we can get $200,000 in, what, five hours? Look, don't worry, Mike. I think that the recordings we're playing tonight are a real game changer. But we don't even know what that was. It could be anything. I know, and that's the beauty of radio, Mike. 
We play it, and we let people come up with their own theories. Mike, just listen to him. Oh, great. You're on his side now? Yeah, he's got it under control. So what are we supposed to do? Yeah, you want a drink? Don't we have a show? It's a party, isn't it? Dylan, what time are the others coming here? Uh, call time is in an hour. Look, guys, I'm going to go make a quick phone call. Great. We have time to kill. I'm going to go put on some music. Are you... Are you nervous? What? Are you nervous about the show? No, not at all. Have you talked to Colleen? Nope. Dylan made all the phone calls. And who else is confirmed for tonight? Graham, Shauna, and Doug. What about Marty? Didn't return our calls. <sighs> That's too bad. He sounded like fun. Well, you didn't hear this stuff after Steve passed away, did you? No. It was painful. He was really depressed and people thought he was going crazy, you know, hearing things. He'd play the same song over and over. It was weird. Jeez. You know, I never told you this, but strange things happen up here by yourself. Like what? Sounds. Strange, unexplainable sounds. Lights outside. What are you talking about? Visitors, Mikey. I think they're shy. That's why they don't come around when there's too many people here. Kurt, you're freaking me out. I thought you didn't buy into all this stuff. I know, but after last week, I, I, you were there. You heard him. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Good one, Mikey. Come on, we've got a show to do. It looks like Doug's here early. This should be fun. And these are the current hosts, uh, Kurt and Mike. Hey, Doug, welcome back. I'm Kurt. Nice to meet you. Hello. Mike, I was telling Doug about your renovations outside. And on the beacon, Doug seemed very interested. Can we step out and take a look? Uh, it's uh, pretty chilly outside. I brought a coat. Dylan, how much time do we have? Uh, about 40 minutes. Okay, well, uh, how about we let you settle in? Uh, first, uh, let's get you something to drink. Hello? Oh, hey, hey, come on in. We're, we're all in here. Am I early? Oh, no, you're, you're right on time. Hi, I'm Dylan. We spoke on the phone. It's very nice to meet you, Colleen. Nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Mike. Mike, so nice to finally meet you. I've heard you on Space Talk. I like your show. You like Space Talk? Well, how about that? And this is... Doug. Always nice to meet a fellow keeper of the light. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Hi, Colleen. Hey, Blondie. Look at you. You grew your beard out. Good to see ya. Yeah, you too. So, uh, Doug, you want to see those lights? Of course. Great. Let's go have a look. All right. I'm going to go give the Whitmans a call and see where they are. Um, I'll be back in a few minutes. It was so weird driving up here again. I can't believe that light's still on out there. Well, not for much longer. Yeah, I'm sorry. But now you don't have to live up here anymore. You can head home. This is my home. Right. Well, have you been? I'm good. Still doing photos? Yeah, business has been really good. That's good. Do you uh, listen to the show at all? Sometimes. Try to catch space talk. Oh, come on. That's the boring part. I mean it. It's nice to actually learn something on this thing. Mike is pretty smart. Yeah, but anyone could do his job. I think you have the harder part. What's that? Talking to all those people, listening to their stories and making sense of it all. I never had the patience for that. Some pretty wild stories, huh? You're really good at it, Kurt. You're kind and patient with them. Not everybody can do that. It's gotten a little easier over the years. Listen, I'm sorry for leaving you alone up here. I, I shouldn't have made you come up with me. It's okay, you didn't. I wanted to come up here, just for the wrong reason. I don't believe in all this. You know that. I know. 
Just you wait. We've got some exciting stuff planned for tonight. What do you mean? I'm not supposed to tell you this, but we heard something in the woods last week. What? Hello? That must be the Whitman. Yoo-hoo! Hey, guys. Hi! Oh, just look at you. You look great. Hi, it's so good to see you guys. Sorry for running late. You'd think after living here for 16 years, we'd have an easier time finding it. Look at this place. Wow. So not much has changed, huh? Oh, Graham, look. There's a studio. That's where we last saw you two. Feels like just yesterday, doesn't it? <laughs> sort of. You know, Kurt, I just want to say how proud I am of you. You've done a heck of a job out here. Oh, thanks, Graham. Oh, hey, great. Looks like we're all here. Hello, uh, Dylan Reed. It's so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Dylan. Thanks for inviting us. Doug! Hi, Shauna. Hello, Graham. I can't believe we're all here. Where's Marty? I guess he didn't answer any of our calls. Oh, bummer. Look, uh, sorry to rush you all, but do you guys mind moving this little powwow into the studio? We only got a few minutes till we're on air. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Why, it is so good to see you. So, the plan is you all get a chance to introduce yourself and share a few memories if you'd like. I'll be facilitating. We have any questions? Uh, yeah. Is this gonna work? Look, are you guys ready? Oh, why don't you let Kurt do the intro? After all, it's his show. Right, right. Okay. Uh, you ready, Kurt? Okay. We're on in five, four, three. You're listening to The Gazelle, broadcasting life to Earth. I'm Kurt Evans. Thank you for tuning in to this very special evening. I'm sitting here with some very special friends of mine. As always, Mike Jones. Yo. Thanks, Mike. And here with us is also my uh, a fellow Keeper of the Light from 2003 to 2005, Colleen Nystrom. Hello. And moving on, these two are real heroes of mine, and they're one of the reasons that I'm here today, Graham and Shauna Whitman. Aw, thanks, Kurt. Hi, everybody. Hi, all. Great to be back here. Save the gazelle. 50 years, baby. And we also have a very important man in the history of the gazelle. His archival and database system provided the station with an accurate way to record and store information, Doug Morgan. Hello, Kurt. It's a real honor to be here. And we also have an old friend of the station, a true fan, and our host for this special evening. You may know him from his work with public radio, Dylan Reed. Take it away. Thanks, Kurt. As I look around this table, I see an incredible group of individuals. Men and women who made sacrifices, not just for their own kind, but for the possibility of other species. There's never been an earthly act so hospitable and diplomatic as your services here. If we ever get to visit other planets, I hope we are welcomed by individuals such as yourselves. I want to start out with a few questions for you, Doug. Can you describe the state of the gazelle when you moved in? This was 1985, correct? Yeah, 1985. That, that's correct. I was hired by a committee put together by Rod Broughton, the son of George. The Broughtons still had control of the estate at the time. After settling in, I established a deal with the Broughtons in which the current tenant has, in fact, full ownership of the property. The condition in which I inherited the station was not great. 
the previous owners were not the tidiest. That would be Marty Kepler and Steve Bishop. I believe it was just Marty. There were minor improvements to make, some electrical and molding issues. Shortly after I cleaned up, I began work on the archives and mapping systems. Which have become an integral piece of the Gazelle system. When used correctly. Hey, we use it. Get to you in a minute, Kurt. And Doug, uh, when were these systems installed? The mapping was set up in the fall of 85, and then it wasn't until October or November of 86 that I was able to start saving all of our phone calls. So your systems benefited the station in two ways, recording calls for data purposes and mapping your location sightings. I want to move on to Graham and Shauna and ask, how did you utilize these tools? Oh, yes. Without a doubt, the mapping tool we had gave us great information as to where the majority of these sightings were happening. Most of our callers were from Washington, and we were able to pinpoint the hotspots of the region, the Columbia Gorge, Mount Baker, and out in the Olympic National Forest. What was really fascinating, Dylan, was tracking the calls as they came in. Could you please explain? One week, we would get a few reports about lights near Mount Rainier. And then the, we- the next week, they're over in the gorge. Then they're moving up towards Wenatchee. Then there's one or two in the city. It's harder to see them with all the lights, you see. And then they're out in the Olympics. Are you saying that there's a pattern? Oh, yeah. It's cyclical. They're moving all around us. And there you have it, folks. Circular patterns in the sky. Perhaps they're keeping watch over us. Wonderful. Thank you, Graham, and thank you, Shauna, Doug. As we look back on this historic operation, I want to honor an individual who saved the gazelle nearly 45 years ago. When his father, George Broughton, passed away, Rod managed to find some committed individuals to keep the show running and keep the light lit. We spoke with Rod earlier this week. This is Rod Broughton wishing you the best of luck in saving the gazelle. 50 years, wow. I'm sure Dad would be proud. Good luck. Oh, it's Rod. Wow. That's it? If you are just now tuning in, I am sitting with six of the caretakers of the Gazelle. We're on the last night of our pledge drive, still trying to reach our goal. If you've never donated before, now is the time, folks. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. Next up, we've got the Talking Heads. Stay with us. Jeez, this is boring. Yeah, it's not the best. Hey, Dylan, is it going to be this slow the whole time? Oh, come on. Just you wait, Mike. Wait till I play him the tape. Ooh, Doug. I'm going to run to the bathroom. You glad you came back for this? I'm just glad he hasn't asked me anything yet. You never really liked talking on air, did you? No, can't stand it. You never know who's listening. Oh, that's the beauty of it. It's out there for anyone or anything to hear it. Are you okay? What happened to you out there? It's real, Colleen. All of it is real. You're freaking me out. Okay, guys, we are back on intent. Where, where's Mike? In the bathroom. Great, great, excellent. They're out there. It worked. What worked? The beacon. Stop it, Kurt. Mike! The music. All of it. Please. Well, okay. Guys, we are on in five, four, three... Welcome back. You're listening to The Gazelle. I'm Dylan Reed. In 2003, we were introduced to Kurt and Colleen, a young couple who brought some fresh energy to the show. 
Although, two years later, Colleen's sudden departure from the station left a notable absence and a hole in the show, and more importantly, a grief-stricken host. Colleen, what happened? That's quite the question, Dylan. I, I think the isolation got to me, and the phone calls. What was it about the phone calls? When people called to report something, they sounded so afraid. Some of those calls still haunt me. That's not something we've discussed much on here. Has anyone else experienced this sort of relationship with the phone calls? Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, Colleen. Many of these people are startled. There's an urgency to seeing something unexplainable. And the state these people are in is somewhere between fear and astonishment. And, and yeah, I think it's something I dwell on from time to time. In some way, I think it validates their story. Interesting. I get it. I think about these people all the time. I hope they find what they're looking for because it takes a lot of bravery to admit that you've experienced something supernatural. Thank you, Graham. Now, I've noticed a trend among the hosts where you don't discuss your personal beliefs on the show. I'm curious if any of you are willing to share any theories or experiences, if you have any. Yeah, I'll share. It was actually our first night here that Shauna and I saw some lights. They were sort of dancing around outside. They were in sync with the music and pulsating red and purple lights. It was beautiful. Thank you. Before coming here, I had seen something, and that's why I chose to come up here. Uh, but it was a personal experience, and I'd like to keep it that way. Very well. Doug? Uh, yeah, as a kid, we saw a number of flying saucers. And Doug, you, you're from Southern California, is that correct? Yes, uh, Linwood, which is north of Los Angeles. We would ride our bikes out to Calico, which is an old mining town, and just watch them fly over us. You have any sightings as an adult? No, sir. Thanks, Doug. Colleen, how about you? No. Sorry. And how about you, Mike? What? Have you experienced anything supernatural? Uh, well, just those sounds in the forest we heard last week. Oh, really? Good one, Mike. Oh, shoot, we were saving that? Well, I suppose now is a good as time as ever. Kurt, you want to start? Okay, yeah. Uh, Well, this actually goes back to you, Doug. Uh, When we got word that they were shutting us down, Dylan here heard our distress signal and came running to our aid. And along with him, he he just brought a a wealth of knowledge about the history of the gazelle and a number of tapes that his dad had recorded uh, before uh, your system was up, Doug. And we listened to those, you know, searching for something that could help us. And one of them came from someone that you actually spoke to. Do you remember a call from 1986? A man reported seeing a crash out near Lake Wenatchee? Uh, I, I, I can't say that I do. You didn't speak to him for very long. He reported seeing darting, flashing lights, and then an explosion. He wanted to arrange a search committee to find the wreckage. That was my father. And you hung up on him. You were just doing your job, Doug. I would have done the same thing. Anyways, Dylan was putting on this whole thing as a last-minute resort to save the station 
we thought the story could include a little adventure. So we went looking for the crash site. What did you find? Nothing, really. Mm, not surprised. But something happened. We heard something. What did you hear? It was like music. Strings or horns or something. And it was coming from everywhere, beneath us, above us, all around. It was like it was coming from the trees. It's hard to describe, but it was definitely otherworldly. And there was just the faintest hint of a melody. It was their song, and they were speaking to us. It was beautiful. Were you guys on something? No, we all heard it. Dylan recorded the whole thing. Now, we, we don't know what it was. It could be anything. I will be playing it in a second, but I want to see if any of you have any theories. You know, I heard of some bizarre trumpet-like drones said to be the voice of God or some other creatures. I heard about some sounds like this happening in 2008. They were most prominent in northern parts of the world, if I'm correct. Some think it could be the sound of the Earth's magnetic pole reacting with sound waves, much like the northern lights, but with sound. And Kurt, Mike, anything you wanted to add before we play it? I just, I don't think the tape can do it justice. I, it just... It wasn't just sound. You, you could feel it, too. Multidimensional. It was am amazing. All right. Very well. Okay. This is it. These are the sounds we heard up near Lake Wenatchee on Dirty Face Peak. It's from February 5th, 2015. Which way is it coming from? What is that? It's coming from outside. If you are listening at home, we are currently experiencing a strange, loud noise outside. It sounds as if, if it's some sort of machinery buzzing outside. Uh, does anybody see anything? What this is this? This is sure exciting. Uh-oh. It's getting louder. Shoot. What is that light? Look, there's something out there. No, 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 no! 